welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to help you shake up the status quo in your company's business capabilities and move your organization in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. And a shout out and happy holidays to our listeners all over the world. We appreciate you. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. The buzz on the Ethernet, the buzz on the Internet. Okay, this is a kitchen sign many of you may have seen. You may have bought it. You may have seen it in a friend's kitchen or hopefully in a restaurant. The sign simply says, before you leave... Take a minute to clean. C-L-E-A-N, keyword to our show today. We're talking about business model disruption. You're saying, seriously, Bonnie, a kitchen cleanup sign? Okay, let me get down to business here and tell you what in the world we're talking about. As we get to the end of 2018, and we're just on the cusp, it's just about three weeks away from 2019, talking to our business audience, are you dreaming of an optimized, real-time business application environment that supports all of your business goals? Come on, the same goals for 2018 are going to hold for 2019 and beyond. You want to be agile and you have to have agility to do that. You want your business processes to be simple. Forget about the spaghetti codes. Forget about these huge 900-page user manuals. You need things simple so people can use them and optimize the value of them. And you want to be competitive, not just a little bit, but a lot. You want to have advantages in your marketplace. And we all know that most businesses, no matter where your basic footprint is, you're global. You're doing business with a global audience, they know what's out there in the world, and you have global competition. So is this all possible? It sounds like lofty goals to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. How? Okay, here's where the kitchen sign comes in. Keep your digital core business system clean. See, I'm getting to that. How in the world do you do that? Well, I have a panel that's going to explain it to you, but just to give you a clue, start by building an intelligent enterprise with functionally rich next-gen technologies. You know, we talk about we talk about intelligent technologies all the time here on Game Changers Radio. You certainly have heard of machine learning. You certainly have heard of artificial intelligence. You certainly have heard of Internet of Things fondly known as IoT. What about blockchain, that distributed ledger that tells the truth about the beginning to end of products and big data? Are you overwhelmed by it yet? Well, maybe you are. Well, there's a lot more, and that's why we have three experts today to help us figure it out. And the title of this episode is Agile Innovation, Clean ERP and Platform First Approach. And I'm going to learn along with you. So let me tell you who my panelists are, and then we'll get started. First up in a moment, we are welcoming back Darwin Diano. He is a principal in Deloitte Consulting LLP, and he is their SAP Chief Technology Officer. Congratulations on the promotion. Darwin, happy to have you back. Joining him on the panel is the sponsor of this series, Torsten Leidek. He's been on several times. Global VP Ecosystem, SAP Cloud Platform, Go to Market. Thrilled to have you back. And joining us is a newcomer today. It's Alok Kapoor. He's a Vice President of Global Business Development and Ecosystems at SAP. SAPSE. Welcome, gentlemen. Happy to have you on board. And Darwin is up first. Darwin has sent us 
a rather charming quote from a lady named Marianne Williamson. She is a young lady, according to me, born in 1952, Marianne Deborah Williamson, American spiritual teacher, author, lecturer, entrepreneur, and activist, who has published 12 books. Four of them made the New York Times bestseller list as number one, and she's the founder of Project Angel Food, a volunteer food delivery program. Let's stop there. Here's the quote. Our presence automatically liberates others. Darwin, happy holidays. How are you? Happy holidays. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I love the quote. I was surprised to get it from you because this is a a big deal business topic. We're talking about a lot of technology today, and you sent me a a beautiful, life-liberating quote. So tell me about the quote. How did you find it? You've got to relate it to our topic, please. Yes, uh, happy to. So I chose that quote because I think it embodies the untapped potential that exists inside organizations that have a foundation of their enterprise business processes Mm -hmm. on the traditional ERP. Somehow, I've encountered this notion very commonly across multiple clients that, well, if I'm going to do something innovative, if I'm going to do something differentiating, it's going to come from somewhere else. It's going to come from some other technology. Well, the reality is the foundation of all value is within the core. And if you keep it clean, it will actually allow you to just do just that, unleash the value that you can deliver to the enterprise. And I think sometimes that potential is untapped because people don't think that they're good enough or that they're not going to be able to contribute. So, I, you know, I, I thought that it would, it's a call to action, basically, Bonnie, to say, mm-hmm. you know what? The foundation is there and that the fundamentals haven't changed. And we invite everybody, not just the innovators who come from the outside, but everybody who comes, who's involved in your enterprise to, uh, to really explore this, this concept that we're going to talk, to, talk about today. Very interesting. Thank you for that. Uh, were you surprised that I picked a quote from a kitchen sign, Darwin, because I couldn't find anything on Clean ERP? Did you like that that opening quote? What do you think? Yeah, I it was creative, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was about one thirty in the morning. I said, I have to have a buzz quote. What am I going to do? Okay, and it kept it just kept popping up. You can buy signs, four ninety nine, nine ninety nine, all kinds of signs with graphics, and it just says, <laughs> yeah, it just says, keep the kitchen clean. Anyway, thank you very much, Darwin. It's a pleasure to have you on. And as always, we do a shout-out to our good friend at Deloitte, Carla Neal. She is our main interface go-to person for when we have our many – we have dozens of Deloitte experts and thought leaders on the show. So welcome back, Darwin. Now let's move around the table just a little bit to Torsten Leidick, who is one of the sponsors of this series. And rumor has it he might be renewing in 2019. We'll talk about that offline. And Torsten has sent us a very interesting quote from Vince Lombardi. Vincent Thomas Lombardi, 1913 to 1970, American football player, coach, and executive in the NFL. Those of you who don't know what that is, National Football League, best known as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers in the 1960s, where he led them to three straight and five total NFL championships in seven years and won the first two Super Bowls at the conclusion of 1966 and 67 season. And he passed away suddenly from cancer in 1970 and the Super 
Super Bowl NFL trophy was named in his honor. There you go. A little bit of sports history. Here's the quote. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. Quote makes me want to cry, Torsten. How dare you? How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm well. I love a good mushy quote like that. It's like, okay, yes, and, and uh, he did leave way too soon, and he had an amazing career in sports. So tell me how this quote, were perfection and excellence, we're talking about agile innovation. Give me the, the dots to connect it, please. Yeah, um, I picked this quote because I think it's representative of the situation companies are facing in the digital economy where they get disrupted and where they have to stay competitive. So they have to really strive for continuous improvement and perfection to really stay atop. And accordingly, obviously, winning and being then or to become an industry leader is not really a one-time event. So it requires you to have consistent effort to adapt to customer demand and market requirements on a regular basis. So you always have to strive for perfection, and you actually never catch it because there's so much competition out there, right, that you have to basically always reinvent and basically challenge the status quo where you are. And I think related to this topic, like at football, companies and enterprises really need them to embrace both, you know, to achieve that stability and agility, to really be able to succeed in this competitive market environment. So, as I said, you know, you have to, uh, you need to have the willingness to really question always what is what you're currently doing is this still appropriate, and also you need to have the courage, I would say, to uh, disrupt yourself and obviously embrace change. Thank you very much, Torsten. Very interesting. D- did you agree with my opening that businesses, we really all want the same thing in business. You want your processes to be simple. You want to be competitive and you want the competitiveness to grow and you need to keep innovating, of course, to keep relevant. D- does all that hit the mark on what we're trying to say today? No, absolutely. That's 100%. Thank you very much. And uh, you and I will talk, as I say, offline about renewing the series for next year. I think we've got some great information here. I'm sure we will. Oh, good. Another one. That's terrific. I'm lining up a very, very exciting lineup of Game Changer shows for next year, and we want you to be part of that. And you have introduced me to a gentleman at SAP I've not met before. His name is Alok Kapoor. As I mentioned, he's a vice president of global business development and ecosystems for SAP SE. And Alok has sent us a quote that... Okay, Alok, I'll tell the story. Yes, I will. He's waiting to see what I'm going to do with this one. He said just a quote that is usually attributed to Albert Einstein, but it is in a book of misattributed quotes to Einstein. It's officially not Einstein. So I looked up on Quote Investigator, and my listeners know that we we check the quotes for veracity as much as we can before the show. And it turns out it was used by many organizations, but the most famous person I could find who used this quote, yes, I'll get to it in a second, was George Bernard Shaw, who was simply called Bernard Shaw, even though we in the U.S. call him George Bernard Shaw, 1856 to 1950, Irish playwright, critic, polemicist, and political activist, and he's most famous for major works. He wrote more than 60 plays, slightly prolific, we might say. Man and Superman, 1902, Pygmalion, which we know is My Fair Lady, 1912, and St. Joan in 1923. And here is the quote. So everybody, don't get upset because I'm telling you it's not by Einstein. You think it is? Okay, you can say it was said by him, but he never said it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Hello, Kapoor. Welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I am good, Bonnie. How are you? 
I'm very well. A pleasure to have you on the show. And tell me how you picked this quote, because we're talking about clean ERP, agile innovation, making things simple and getting ready for the new year. And who is being insane about this? I need to know. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Bonnie. So I think, you know, I picked this quote because as we think about innovation, especially at the speed of light, at the risk of quoting somebody else, Robert Boyd said this a while back, I think in the cloud-first digital native world, trying to just iterate sequentially on existing products, business processes is not good enough anymore. The market is getting a lot more competitive. Mm-hmm. You've got incumbents who are coming in rather quickly, disrupting the larger players in the market. So when I think about what we have to do as we think about agile innovation, and a lot of this ties into our line of work for my team and I, as we think about how we have to take businesses to the next level, realize something akin to the intelligent enterprise, we have to think differently. We have to think about new business models. We have to think about how technology is used in new innovative ways. We have to think about interesting ways to go to market that we might have not thought about previously. I think even if you look at the last mile where we are delivering these solutions Mm -hmm. and are trying to realize something with businesses and consumers alike, it is, you know, the way people are interacting today is very different. We live in a mobile-first web. So if you think about a system that is rather slow, you think about commerce that takes longer than it should to deliver something to businesses or consumers, it's just not going to work. So I think tying it back to the scope and some of the themes uh, that my colleagues touched on earlier as well, we have to innovate a lot more rapidly, think about new business models, do things in ways that we have just not done before. So hence I take that quote. Thank you very much. I like that. And let me get your reaction since I asked your co-panelists, what did you think of my opening quote from the kitchen sign before you leave, take a minute to clean? You think that applies to the insanity quote as well? I think it does. It absolutely does. I actually loved it, Bonnie, because outside <laughs> of being a bit of a neat freak, I think trying it thematically into what we are trying to discuss today, it absolutely makes sense. You have to get things in order. You have to make sure you start with a clean baseline. You know, for somebody and you end up looking at, I'll, I'll sort of use a corollary to what you said, if you end up looking at the most accomplished chefs on the planet, you know, they often in, in French talk about this maison plan, you have to keep your kitchen clean, you have to have all your ingredients appropriately lined up. So I think it ties back to the theme that my colleagues touched on and what you said at the beginning of the session We have to just make sure we start with a clean approach. There has to be a clean foundation and baseline. Only then can you accomplish the business outcomes that you're looking to drive. Thank you very much. You're very, very uh, kind and charming to to like my opening quote. Torsten knows, and Darwin, who's been on many of our series under the Game Changers banner, knows I usually have a very solid business quote, but I simply couldn't find one. So I thought, let me see if I can get them to smile with this one. And the three of you certainly have, but you helped validate it. So I thank you very much. Let's go around the table now and get to know our panelists a little bit better, especially at this holiday season. I'm going to ask you a holiday-focused a holiday question. So, 
Darwin Diano, first of all, where in the world are you today? Second of all, I usually ask what's in your cup today, your favorite drink. I'm going to ask for your favorite holiday beverage. Perhaps there's something on ice for New Year's Eve, which is about 20 days away or less. So there should be something by now. And third question, give us an update on what you're doing. And I notice you have a new title here at Deloitte. So tell us what you've been up to. Darwin, go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. So I'm in Chicago. Uh, glad to uh, return after a couple of cities this week. So um, uh, very happy to be home. Um, uh, beverage, holiday beverage, I would say eggnog. You know, can't go wrong with the classics. Um, and yes, uh, you know, we're about a week or so away from uh, before we take off for the holidays. But, um, you know, they say practice makes perfect, so uh, I'm going to have some uh, some eggnog here today. Um, and uh, what I've been doing, so um, as the SAP Chief Technology Officer of Deloitte, uh, we're pursuing innovation uh, on multiple fronts. Uh, so this topic is uh, directly um, relevant to our priorities and our strategy. So uh, I'm very, very excited to be here Um Launching several products, replatforming some assets, um, but uh, um, which is uh, you know not something that is something that we want to do. It's something that we need to do because the market demands it and the market needs it. So, very very happy to be here, Bonnie. Thank you, Darwin. Always happy to have your thought leadership on our shows. And happy holidays. And let's move around the table to Torsten. Torsten, where in the world are you today? I know we were going to call you, but you called us, so I don't know where you are. And number two, what's your favorite holiday drink? Give me something really interesting. And number three, update us on your role at SAP. Go ahead, Torsten. Sure. Yeah, I'm in New York currently, so also home base. Um, as it is slightly snowing, outside here in New York, you know, my most favorite drink and what I'm looking for on the weekend as we're going to a Christmas party is in what is called a Glühwein. And Glühwein is a hot spiced wine and it's a famous or yeah, very popular German-Austrian winter holiday drink, which really is made of red wine, oranges, um, cinnamon sticks, gloves and sugar. And then you put a couple of spices mm. in there to make it more interesting. So this is what we will have on the weekend. And as I said, it's also one of the most favorite drinks here during the winter time. As it and I think, Torsten, I think it's called yeah. mold wine here in the States. Am I right? Mold exactly. wine? Exactly. That's, I guess, very simple. That's exactly. it. Yeah. Glog. Yeah. They call it Glog. G-L-O-G-G. Spiced, usually alcoholic drink served warm. Yeah. The original form of Glogi spiced liquor was used to revive messengers and postmen who traveled on horseback or skied in cold weather in Scandinavia. Did you know that? <laughs> Well, not all of that. I mean, for skiing, for sure, you always have a clue wine. That's a good practice, I guess. There you go, especially the mailmen. You know, the mail cannot be delayed or forestalled. It's got to be, yeah, you just give them a little bit of that, that glue wine and wake up your mailman or mail lady and make sure they get the mail to you, especially at the holidays. So go ahead, tell me about your role at SAP. Yeah, I'm driving our ecosystems here for the SAP Cloud Platform, which is a platform as a service environment, which is used to really innovate and build out new capabilities. Um, customers use it, obviously, as part of their um, digital journey and as to build up the intelligent enterprise to um, drive innovation, to complement their core functionality. And the focus of this role is really to work with partners um, like Deloitte here to 
expose innovations to the customers and to drive value jointly so that customers can adopt value very quickly via this kind of innovations the ecosystem has built. Thank you very much, Torsten. Pleasure to have you on. Alok Kapoor, talk to us. Where in the world are you today? I know your your uh, Twitter handle says NYC in it, so I have a guess, but I'm not going to presume to know where you exactly are today. <laughs> and what's your favorite holiday beverage? Warm us up with something interesting. And what do you do? Alok? Absolutely. Uh, so, yes, I am in Gloucester, New York City today, like Boston, also looking at the snow out the window. Um, you know, on a day like that or any other day, uh, what's in my cup is always a really strong uh, black coffee. Cannot get enough of that. And my holiday beverage of choice and beverage of choice most every other time of the year to make it holiday-like is always champagne. Mm-hmm. And the risk is making this, uh, you know, session full of quotes. I'll just leave a little bit of intrigue. There is an infamous... Lily Boulanger from the House of Boulanger, a quote about champagne, which I'll encourage all the listeners and yourselves to go look at, but it really um, sort of, for me, exemplifies why champagne always works. And then uh, as it comes to work, uh, you know, as, as we think about the focus of our team, tying it into the session today, uh, we're at close to the end of the financial year at SAP. So we're clearly very focused on thinking about how we align our priorities for next calendar slash fiscal year, and that maps to looking at some of these big initiatives that SAP is driving uh, around things like the intelligent enterprise, the work that we drive with and through Thorsten's team around cloud platform, as we think about the open data initiative and several other areas that are going to drive scale for us as a business. But what's really interesting about our organization also is as we have a line of sight for the next 12 months, we also look at what's going to happen potentially in the marketplace over the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. How is it going to impact our ecosystem, our partner community? How can we realize further value for our customers as their businesses evolve? So I think we, we sort of are spending a good amount of time thinking about next financial year as we close out this one, but then also have a line of sight over the next two, three, five years as to how can we drive some game-changing strategies for SAP to help our customers really have the best run businesses to realize their potential. Thank you very much. And I tried to look up the quote and let, tell me if this is the right one from Boulanger. Mon rayon pour du champagne, je bois seulement du champagne quand je suis heureuse et quand je suis triste. Is that the one? That is absolutely the one. Okay, and it was Nadia Boulanger, Nadia Boulanger, and I found this quote on a place called Bertomo, B-E-R-T-H-O-M-E-A-U dot com, Vent et si en bonne compagnie et en tout, toute liberté, okay, so, and it's extension of Le Monde du Domaine, Domaine Domaine du Vin. My French is certainly lacking, but I used to speak very fluently, so forgive me for that. So let me give all of you an update. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina, and to those of you with the snow up northeast, we already had it here. We had a year's worth, a season worth of snow this past Sunday and Monday. We had eight inches on Sunday. We are now down to blacktop on the roads. I did get out and shovel the mush off my driveway because I have to take the car out today. We are going between 40 
39 degrees in the afternoon down to about 26 at night. Yes, I moved to the south for warm weather and I'm not finding it down here at all. Just so Elok knows and Darwin and Torsten are used to this by now, I'm not allowed to go anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, Elok. They only let me have water and you can probably figure it out why. Uh, I already had my uh, eggnog, my local Harris Teeter supermarket, which is amazingly, it's like going into a department store. They have a light L-I-G-H-T version of of, uh, eggnog that is absolutely delicious. I don't know what was light about it because it tasted full strength to me. And I'm going back and getting another quart. I only buy it by the quart. That's enough because I live alone. That's enough indulgence for the holiday. So that may be the holiday drink. We are talking today with three experts on the field of our discussion on agile innovation. This is something for every company around the world, whatever your footprint, whatever your maturity, whatever your industry, whoever is running the show. You need to be agile. You need to innovate. In order to innovate, you need agility. How? You need a clean core, a clean digital core, an intelligent enterprise, clean ERP, and you need a platform first approach. We're chatting about this and it's really a very interesting topic and it comes down to some very basic principles. We're chatting with Darwin Deanna with Deloitte. That also is an alliteration of D's Darwin. I never thought about that one before. We're talking with Torsten Laddick at SAP and Alok Kapoor at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break so you know the drill. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial, however you find us. Stick around. We've got a lot more. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future success of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerating ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business disruption catalysts, new platform business models, agile innovation, a thriving ecosystem, and an API economy are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of business. Game Changing Business Model Disruption is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing business model disruption. Here we go. We're back. Business model disruption is what it's all about. It's time for you to disrupt your status quo. And interestingly, that's what goes back to the original definition of how we set up Game Changers Radio over seven years ago, talking about disrupting the status quo. And here we are with a series called Business Model Disruption. So it all comes full circle. Speaking today with Darwin Diano at Deloitte, Torsten Leidick at SAP, and Alok Kapoor at SAP. And we're talking about agile innovation, clean ERP, and platform first approach. If you don't know what that means, stick around and we're going to keep on explaining it. First up on the roundtable is Darwin Diano and here's what he told me before the show in his notes. This is interesting. He says platform first and that's in quotes. 
unleashes and elevates the value of the core business processes by leveraging edge technologies in conjunction with the core ERP. This is a shift. I'm going to let you explain it to us, please, Darwin, and then we will invite Torsten and Alok to chime in and give us their two cents or their $10 bill on if they agree or disagree. Go ahead, Darwin. Thanks, Bonnie. So, platform first, as a mindset, as a mentality, as an approach, what we're advocating there is the fact that we have to fight the widespread tendency to innovate for enterprise business processes mainly focused on ERP. That has been a valid, powerful paradigm that existed for the last 30 years, right? Because if you want to deliver value, you have to make sure that it's an enterprise-wide application and the enterprise-wide processes mainly exist within the typical core ERP. But that's changing, right? Because what we've learned over the last few years is that pace of business change is such that if you remain focused on trying to um, mine that value from your core ERP investment, what inevitably happens is you pile on a huge amount of technical debt. The total cost Mm -hmm. to own and evolve your ERP investment becomes higher than the benefit that you can yield by trying to innovate on ERP alone. So platform first, that mindset, that approach, that mentality, what it refers to is leveraging the whole architecture ecosystem, the whole platform as a service capability in conjunction with core, because you cannot unleash the value of the enterprise without the core, but it doesn't mean that you have to do all the work within the core ERP. You can leverage your platform as a service capability. And by doing that, you're also not only able to keep your core clean, but you're able to harness edge technologies like IoT, machine learning, advanced analytics, blockchain, to elevate the value that you can provide to a business. So the platform-first mindset is... If I'm going to to deliver differentiating capability, value-added, competitive advantage capability, then I'm going to leverage my platform as a service in conjunction with my core ERP. If I'm going to deliver just standard, efficient processes, that's an ERP conversation. But value, that's a platform-first conversation. And the conversation should be, why not leverage your platform as a service in conjunction with ERP to deliver value? Thank you very much. Interesting approach. Torsten, love to get your thoughts on what Darwin just shared. Agree or disagree? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I fully agree what Darwin said, right? I mean, the platform-first approach obviously provides some kind of agility layer and capability which complements, you know, obviously the core ERP system, but actually it spans across, across all business applications. It allows you very elegantly, you know, to create an unified master data management layer and integration capabilities across all kind of different system and then basically harness the data in a central environment. It also makes you independent of any upgrades, in particular in the cloud where you have very fast release cycle on the core system so that you basically outsource all the innovation to the platform where you have mm-hmm. then those capabilities 
um, to build out additional functionality to complement the core, but also, you know, you have the speed and the agility to adjust very quickly to customer requirements and demand or to any other situation, you know, so that you have um, time to market as needed while you have obviously a very stable um, system in the back end, which basically delivers the core transaction. So you don't basically uh, compromise the core system um, while you get all the benefits of speed and agility and innovation via a side-by-side approach, which was delivered via the platform as a service environment. And as Darwin said, the, obviously one, one of the important components is that those kind of capabilities cannot just be consumed by customers themselves and not only they can build out those capabilities, but they have obviously access in an ideal situation to a thriving ecosystem of partners who have built either already accelerators or productized solutions, which basically fit specifically into, you know, the specific requirement, fit specifically to the need of the customer so that they can be deployed effectively um, into, into this overall environment. Thank you very much, Tristan. Before I bring a lock into the conversation, Tristan, to, to whom are we addressing all of this information? I know we have a, a vast audience all over the world, but who, who is going to benefit most from the conversation I'm having with you and Darwin and Alok? Are these the C-suite people? Are this, is this the IT department, if, if such a thing still exists? Are these uh, the rogue IT people within a company? Are these the finance people? Who's going to benefit and say, aha, clean ERP, platform-first approach? Who's going to take this information be able to really run with it? Yeah, that's a very good question, Bonnie. And I, I would argue it would really touch all the different functions in a company, the line of business function. It also addresses the C-suite as well as the IT functions. Why? Because obviously core ERP is usually traditionally more on the IT side, but the platform force, the agility and building all those differentiating capabilities, which provide you with uh, leading edge in the marketplace and obviously you know, also with regards to the custom experience is a critical element for all the line of business function of an enterprise and the overall enterprise or digital strategy which is obviously should sit on top and driving all the other activities is obviously a C-suite topic. So the whole digital transformation, digital innovation topic, as I said, addresses the top executive level, but then the execution goes down to any line of business functions and then obviously it also affects the core IET stuff. Thank you. That's what I was getting at. Alok Kapoor, love to get your thoughts on this notion we're talking about the platform first. Talk to me. Yeah, I think what uh, Darwin and Austin so eloquently stated absolutely holds true, Bonnie. I think just building on what Darwin had alluded to when he offered context on this agile innovation platform-first approach, I think I'd build on that and say, you know, as you start looking at a lot of these edge last-mile technologies, which I believe are going to become core enablers, for any business trying to extract value out of their legacy systems or trying to innovate on top of systems of records like ERP, um, technologies like blockchain, machine learning, artificial intelligence, that time to things like intelligent robotic process automation, something that allows you to seamlessly innovate and run the business at the speed of light. What we discussed earlier during um, you know, the the conversation we were having, this notion of enterprises trying to extract value in real time, trying to use innovation to enable and deliver real value for their customers. 
I think these technologies will play a bigger and bigger role. So if you think about a platform-first approach, you have to have the right foundational platform and construct to be able to leverage these technologies in the first place. Right? You think of something like blockchain, even in the future, every financial transaction potentially that is enabled via an ERP is going to start leveraging blockchain for authentication purposes. Who knows? Maybe the future of cryptocurrencies will be realized and mm -hmm. the money is exchanged for goods and services transacted on these systems might done, be done via some kind of regulated cryptocurrency. So I think what Thorson and um, Darwin stated is absolutely right. And I think you have to have a platform first approach to realize the value of these innovations, to leverage these technologies effectively, to deliver value for your customers. Thank you, Alok. Very interesting conversation. Darwin, forgive me for not going back to you to wrap this up, but I want to cover some more territory here. By the way, I have to do a shout out. Some colleagues, I, I know their names. I recognize them. They are listening and tweeting actively. We have a comment here from Casey Ryan. I think you know him, Torsten. He says, listening live to Torsten Laddick, who am I, whom I hold in high regard professionally on SAP Radio with Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, Casey. Craig Stassel, who was on our prediction show yesterday, says, love the not Einstein tag. I created a hashtag. Uh, who's, who is this for? This is for the not Einstein tag for um, Alok. And I just said not Einstein. He says, love the sentiment, hate the misattribution, keep fighting the good fight, because he knows I researched my quotes. And Sylvia Otten, Sylvia Salad, who has been a guest on the show, says, happening now, live on SAP Radio, Darwin Diano, Torsten Leidek, and Alec NYC discussing agile innovation. Interesting discussion for sure with these experts. Thank you, Bonnie D. Graham, and happy holidays. So we've got some active tweeters here, and I love it. So thank you so much for keeping the good fight of getting the word out on Twitter that we have active participation, and we really appreciate it. So I'm moving on to Torsten here. Sorry for the sidebar, but we had to acknowledge our listeners. Torsten has sent me a note here, and, and Torsten, in my opening, I mentioned what I'll call all of the sexy new emerging technologies. We had somebody on our prediction special yesterday say that emerging technologies will become mainstream in 2019, and I think they already are on the way. So you told me, here's, here's what Torsten said in his notes, companies need to embrace next-gen intelligent technologies as an amended capability for their existing application environment. This will lead to improved employee productivity by anticipating and proactively responding to end customer needs as well as real-time data insights across the entire digital supply chain. Can you unpack that for me, please, Torsten? Talk about the technologies. Yeah, so I think when we refer to next-gen technologies, right, I mean, I think you alluded to this at the beginning. We really mean things like Internet of Things, like IoT, obviously, like mm -hmm. blockchain, like big data. Um, so in, in this, and obviously machine learning and artificial intelligence, right? And while all those technologies are obviously seen as or have in standalone character by by itself, you know, obviously what we will see from an evolution perspective is that all those kind of technologies will be embedded over time into the core applications which companies and um, enterprises are using. So, for example, when you think about accounting or financial processes, right, you will see a high degree of automation, leveraging machine learning and artificial intelligence to, for example, map invoices to payment and to uh, obviously also drive automated um, transactions where it's very simple and it's very clear so that resources can be free up for 
small high value work or for exceptional purposes so um, you know so this is the first important statement that the technologies this next gen technologies will really become mainstream you know all the core applications and this goes across all the LOPs if you think about EOP if you think about CRM digital supply chain um, spend management all those kind of um, solutions will be affected and they will consume all those technologies over time so it's not an um, you know and side-by-side effort it's really basically a natural evolution of those core solutions which will have um, which will consume those additional capabilities. And this will provide, obviously, additional value for customers. It will reshape how companies run their organizations as workload will be shifted. Um, you know, and obviously, new skills will be needed, for example, training people on the machine learning side. But we will mm-hmm. also see there's is a race of um, RBA systems right, to increase effectiveness to basically supporting those kind of capabilities and the high degree of automation in this in this world. Um, in addition, right, all those capabilities, as I said, they can be also used standalone. And as we talk about the platform first, those are obviously usually sitting naturally from a provisioning perspective in the platform. And so you can obviously, as a customer, also as a partner in an ecosystem, build leverage those technologies to build our own business model to leverage them to create real-time data insights, which can be then, you know, really um, exposed to the customer side, but also as a standalone business model to the market so that you can, as a company, generate incremental revenue streams and business models leveraging this this kind of capabilities as a foundation. Thank you very much. Is this an exciting time for businesses, Torsten, with everything we're talking about, the notion of platform first and these next gen on the way to becoming mainstream technologies, agile innovation, just put agile innovation together. Are these, are these exciting for business listeners around the world, do you think? I think it, it should be, you know, because obviously what we really see is a big shift on uh, in the marketplace. We see a lot of new digital companies, native companies coming in. I think obviously Uber and everything, um, Airbnb um, has been likely referenced a couple of times here in this show. But also when you think about the next level, right, even those kind of digital native companies get already disrupted. You know, for example, when you when I use Uber as an example by self-driving car systems, right? So there's a permanent change. So, and I think all the companies in traditional industries or um, in emerging industries, they are basically facing this kind of challenge to embrace technology mm-hmm. and digital, and how what does this mean for their business and how they need to adjust um, their their business processes, but also their customer experience to stay at top and be continuously successful. Thank you. Ella Kapoor, I know you've been waiting patiently. Talk to us about the topic we just introduced from Torsten. Go ahead, Alok. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Torsten thematically covered a lot of broad areas that I completely agree with Bonnie. Let me start from the end. I think it's a fascinating time for businesses. It's mm-hmm. exciting yet scary because the pace of innovation across technology has really, really accelerated. So as you think about any CIO, CFO looking to adopt and deploy some of these technologies to run their business, to have more efficient processes, to really realize the value of innovation, you know, they have to really sort of work through the noise between what's real, what's not. Case in point could be something like blockchain that we've talked about for a couple of days. The absolute value 
for innovation on ERP systems. As you start looking at processes like code to cash, financial processes that are so core to an ERP, start looking at supply chain, the exchange of goods and services, that technology has absolute relevance and meaning. The question is, depending on where you are with the current state of your systems, when is the right time to start deploying and leveraging that technology? And I'm sure industry stalwarts and experts like Darwin, um, you know, at the risk of putting them on the spot, spend an extended amount of their time with the C-suite trying to talk to them about the relevance of these technologies. You don't want to start deploying something that might, might not work for you. At the same time, you don't want to be really behind your peers in the industry so that you inherently slow down your processes, you're not realizing enough of value, such that you lose your competitive edge. And so I think this notion of, um, you know, platform first keeps changing. As we look at platforms, it was innovative three years back. Today, the core platform itself is turning a little bit into a commodity, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So then you start looking at these new renovations to start extracting value, running your businesses more efficiently, delivering what you need to do your customers in real time. It's a question of how quickly, efficiently, meaningfully can you really leverage and start deploying some of these edge last mile technologies. So that would be sort of my opinion uh, on the topic that Austin had introduced. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Darwin, you have been summoned to the conversation by a couple of people. Talk to us. What do you, what do you think about NextGen and what do you think about exciting? I love the quote and I'm putting this on Twitter. Alok, this is an exciting but scary time for businesses. Darwin, weigh in. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree. I, maybe to share a perspective on two lenses, right? One uh, on the macro lens. I mean, industries are converging, right? We, we accept that a Fortune 7 pharmacy acquired an insurance company as a defensive move against an online bookstore. I mean, think about that statement, right? Digital companies have shown us that network is the new scale, right? It's not about how big you are. It's about how strong and loyal and, and um, additive your network is, whether it's customers or your supply chain. So on a macro level, it is a very exciting time. And those are, you know, just a couple of data points. Pick your favorite data point that illustrates that, right? But on a micro level, building on what Thorsten and Alok um, just shared, you know, change is no longer episodic. It's perpetual, right? It's no longer, you know, you wait for this big transformation to happen and then you're done, right? Technology is no longer a once and done User experience is everything, right? And this is why I, I love uh, the, the SAMR model, the SAMR model, right? Where you talk about a technology conversation is an evolving conversation that starts with substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition. And that shows you that in a lot of ways, because of the space of technology change, we have to approach innovation differently. We have to approach business value differently. And that's why we're talking about this platform first. All of these things that we're talking about on the show for agile innovation. Thank you. Uh, that was a quotable moment, Darwin. I, I, tell me if I got this right. Industries are converging. Digital companies are showing us that network is the new scale. How strong and additive your network is on a macro level, perpetual change, not episodic on a micro level. Did I get that all right? 
Sounds about right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is we've got a lot of quotable moments here. Who knew? Uh, let's let's go around the table to Alok. Alok, I want to make sure we get in one of those exciting next gen technologies into this conversation. We have just a few minutes before we go to our crystal ball predictions round. But I'm looking at your notes and you say simply AI, artificial intelligence, is everywhere. It will only become a bigger part of ERP in automating functionality and processes, intelligent RPA, robotic process automation will lead this effort. Can you just give us two minutes on that topic, Alok, and then, Darwin, you'll be up first with the crystal ball prediction. Go ahead, Alok. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So as you think about AI, for the common person today, and maybe for a lot of our listeners, you experience it more than you realize. A manifestation of that, you know, could be on your mobile device when you speak to your voice assistant and they're surfacing information for those people who have a smart device at home, you know, they might be speaking to that to ask about the weather, the traffic, maybe order a Christmas gift and so forth. But then you start thinking about businesses in particular, what does something like AI or machine learning really mean? So from my perspective, it's trying to derive the intelligence, the signal in the noise as it comes to your processes, as it comes to running your business, so that you can introduce more efficiency, you can be more agile, you can deliver what you're looking to deliver a lot quicker. More importantly, as you think about it from the context of the business itself, you know, and this is sort of looking outside in, can you help your employees be more productive? Can you help them be more efficient? So let's take an example, right? As you think about the procurement function, the finance function in a business, uh, there might be a set of repetitive tasks that the employees who are working on those particular functional areas have to do. But more importantly, they might need to glean some notion of the repetitive pattern, a level of intelligence as they look to complete these tasks more efficiently. And you look at something like AI or machine learning, the model itself, without getting overly geeky or technical, Mm -hmm. and learn the similarity or the differences between these processes Leveraging AI, you can start pulling in information you need not have to go and look up over again. And it introduces a level of efficiency, scale, learning in a business, which clearly helps them run better and then deliver more value for their customers. So as I think about the manifestation of the technology, the notion of a clean ERP and agile innovation for an enterprise, that's how I would think about something like AI or machine learning. Thank you very much, Alok. I wanted to make sure we got that in. This is a very, very exciting. Darwin Diano, you're up first. Crystal ball prediction. Let's go with 60 seconds each because we're looking at the clock and we're heading toward the end of the show very quickly. So, Darwin, crystal ball, what do you predict will happen? And let's go out to no longer than 2025 because we're on the cusp right now of 2019. That means 2020 is just a whisper away. I'll let you pick the future time. Darwin Diano, go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. So I think we are going to redefine what an enterprise is on multiple levels. Jobs that were typically considered to be desk jobs will be unchained, unfettered, and will become deskless. The boundaries of what an uh, an enterprise is are being redefined because you could consume a lot of services and you have this rich network of companies. So what is the definition? What is the economic model that works with all of the technology that we have? When you talk talk about um, 
the digital ledgers and all the different capabilities that we are now emerging and, and starting to realize the potential applications. So I think what we will see is a fundamental redefinition of the enterprise um, with widespread economic, um, socioeconomic, and, and really behavioral and, and, and um, um, human implications, right? Um, and, and AI will no longer just be a, uh, a conversation about, you know, how do we get more insight, better insight. It will completely redefine, you know, how are we going to work with a true digital twin that is that becomes an indispensable part of uh, that enterprise that's being redefined. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future, Bonnie. Thank you. I hear it in your voice, and that was a great prediction. Thank you, Darwin. Torsten Laddick, you're up next. 60 seconds. Give me your prediction. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, similar to what Darwin said, you know, the landscape has changed for enterprises, but also, obviously, you know, as we speak here about EOP and platform first, I guess the entire IT landscape and solution landscape will further evolve from agile enterprise to intelligent enterprise. And then what we will see going along with this is that more and more of those functionalities will be orchestrated along microservices and APIs. Um, you will have artificial intelligence and machine learning really become part of any kind of those processes as we move forward, right? And the new interface, I guess, will be voice. Um, voice recognition is likely a natural language processing is, I guess, one of the emerging technologies which we'll see in the future and which will really change the way how we interact with systems and with the entire landscape. Um, you know, and obviously there will be a huge network effect because with this kind of approach, the ecosystem becomes more important. We obviously, customers or enterprises will much closer work together with their digital supply chain, with their business partner and customers to achieve a uh, differentiating and competitive um, aspect in the marketplace. So from that perspective, you know, I mean, very similar to what Darwin said, I believe, you know, that the definition of enterprise it will be much broader because it will include the entire ecosystem of a company, which will help to drive basically those kind of USPs and additional values to the customer side. Thank you very much. Alak Kapoor, I saved 60 seconds for you. That's all we've got. Go ahead. I will take just about less than 60 seconds, Bonnie. Just building thematically on something that I had mentioned earlier about platform becoming a commodity. If I was to gaze into a crystal ball and look uh, at the time horizon you mentioned, I think applications in particular will continue to become more and more modular. The notion of how we perceive applications and scenarios today is fundamentally going to change. I think with upcoming network technologies like 5G, more innovation will be driven to the edge. And I think the way that's going to really impact applications is singular processes will assume the definition and concept of an application. So you'll be able to do a lot more micro-oriented things, uh, drive a lot more scenarios in a more efficient, modular, and agile manner. That would be my prediction, gazing into a crystal ball. Thank you very much. Very eloquent, all three of you. I appreciate it. I want to do a shout-out to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinary. He's been wonderful all year long. We have a few more live shows here. If you haven't listened yet, we just did yesterday... 2019 predictions crystal ball special on coffee break with game changers did week one on december 
fifth week to December 12th and next Wednesday, the 19th of December, 11 a.m. Eastern. Please write it down. Here on the Business Channel, I'll be back with part three. We'll have another 15 thought leaders giving their two-minute predictions on the clock and telling us what their holiday beverage is. So tune into that. I want to do a shout-out, of course, to our our engineer, as I said, and to everybody at Voice America Radio. And let's do our closing call to action. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like the very eloquent Darwin Diano at Deloitte. Congratulations again on the new title. Torsten Leidick at SAP, and I know you'll be back next year. And our newcomer on the pedal today, Alok Kapoor at SAP. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Go get some eggnog. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Business Model Disruption. The best run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game changing week.